0: Ladies and gentlemen, a big welcome to you on this fine Monday. Uh, You have landed on Homemaker Chic Podcast, which Mm -hmm. is hopefully where you intended to land. If not, stick around, because this is where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind in red lipstick and no denim jumpers. This is not your mama's homeschool 80s crowd of homemakers, okay? We're rescuing (laughs) it from that. Uh, (laughs) I am your host, Shay Elliott of the blog, The Elliott Homestead, and I am joined by my best friend, 2,000 miles away. This is the only time we get to talk practically because there are 10 children between us. Her name is Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl. That's me, (laughs) ParisianFarmGirl.com. Good luck spelling it. You'll have to visit the website, the Homemaker Chic website, to see how to spell the Parisian
1: Farm Girl website.
0: There you go. Yes, do that. (laughs) Do that. And for those of you who have been with us for a while, um, Angela and I are just putting the finishing final touches on our brand new website. Which we hope, I know, will be so beautiful and such an inspiring place for you to go. One of the features that the new Homemaker Chic podcast website is going to have, which I'm really excited about, is podcast categories. So all of our past episodes will be categorized. Maybe it's homeschooling or gardening or whatever it may be. And you can go and you can click and you can listen to all the episodes pertaining to that in one spot which is going to be really cool.
1: That's going to be really good because I Try do it love it when you're listening to a podcast. No, I don't love it, rather. When I'm listening <coughs> to a podcast and I'm in the zone and I'm really chewing yeah. on whatever they're talking about and then it's over. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you just and then hug. maybe they talk about something else and you're like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, so you want to talk about the other thing. Particular topic. Exactly. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Alas, I think it's a little that bit that more is. time on our end a little bit more time. Um, So last week, we chewed together on life in the trenches as young mothers and two young mothers. And we're going to continue that conversation again today because we did not make it through. And I can't think of a better day of the week to talk about life in the trenches than Mondays. (laughs) Seriously, it is it's very trenchy around here it's very trenchy
1: so i feel like i say this every time but i'm still (laughs) in my milking clothes and it's pouring down rain yeah you do say that every time does that just mean you only wear milking clothes now no thank you it doesn't but (laughs)
0: usually on recording days things are a little cramped Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Um, I have some sad milking news. People aren't going to like me for this. You guys can fast forward if you'd like. All vegans, um, fast forward. Yes, please fast forward. This last weekend, we butchered our calf, George, because George was getting really saucy. And when you have young kids on the farm, we have a zero tolerance policy aggressive animals he'd already been castrated so he wasn't intact but cows are just so big even four-month-old calves are so big that they could i mean they could seriously hurt somebody mm. and he was out of control to the point that we couldn't go in the pasture and it made milking so unenjoyable because getting cc in and out of the pasture became this like you know, life threatening situation. Mm-hmm. It was just so not fun. Anyway, we butchered him on Saturday. He is now gone. And I'm getting so much milk. It's amazing. I'm like, no wonder he grew so fast. He was taking it all. Yeah. He left nothing for us. Even when we separated, she would hold up her milk so hardcore for him. What were you getting in the morning then? If he was I mean if we at separated night? at night, we would get a gallon. Oh, a gallon and some change. Yeah. And that's fine. It's Mm -hmm. enough to keep us in milk, but it wasn't enough for me to be doing all my yogurts and soft cheeses and all that kind of stuff. Right. I don't like to ration milk when I have a dairy cow. It's like I worked hard. I work hard for this every day. Yeah. There's a lot of hay and water and fencing and poop. It gets a ton of work. Yeah. (laughs) The manure alone is like a part time job so I want all the milk I want all the milk my
1: vet just texted me today because my little guy well not so little guy he's only like two weeks younger than yours was um, not feeling good he said it's time to wean him
0: Mm. great he's huge too much
1: milk I've never heard of like I think he's that binging
0: (laughs) after being (laughs) separated all night oh sure yeah so. And that Jersey milk, I mean, that's rich milk. Oh, my goodness. That's rich milk. Yeah. So when we butchered the calf, of course, we're using every single piece of it. Even the liver, I'm dehydrating and grinding to add to like stocks and soups and stuff. Like that nothing's works. going to waste. Good. Between us, the dog and the chickens mm-hmm. and the cats, it's all taken care of. Every piece. Even Owen's tanning the hide. He's learning how to tan hides this winter. So nothing is going to waste. But we pulled out the kidneys and there were about, it was about four inches of fat surrounding each kidney. I was blown away. It was the only calf I butchered at that age. And we've so far have rendered about two gallons of fat just from his kidney fat. It's just insane. That picture made me so happy. I don't know why animal fat makes me so happy. <laughs> it did not get very many likes on Instagram. I'm like, you guys. Oh, my goodness. Look, fat, fat is life. I know, but a lot of people really don't understand. They don't
1: understand the the dangerousness of an aggressive male animal. They can't, it's true.
0: They can't make the connection <laughs> until they're connected. Yeah. But <laughs> my best friend growing up, her uncle worked at a dairy mm-hmm. and he was between a mama and her calf one time. And the ca- the cow just hit him in the in the right spot in the sternum. Mm. And he was paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life. Ugh. And it's like they're so she, strong. It's she wasn't trying to. She's just they're so strong right. and so big. And that's what I told people. I was like, you can feel bad all you want. Right. If you want to put your kids in the field with that cow, you go right ahead. I will not be doing that. No, I, well, you know,
1: That's we had Sean, our ram, we had Sean, our ram who knocked Joel to the ground yeah. twice and attacked me, um, you know, what was it, like a month yeah. and a half ago? Yeah. He's in, and she shot him, and I, guys. And I shot him. <laughs> I had to. I was
0: trapped in my house. I couldn't get yeah. out of my house. I was home alone. Yeah. So, yeah. They're dangerous. They yeah. are so No, dangerous. they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. Always err on the side of caution is my is my rule. And now we've got a freezer full of veal, so I'm not complaining about that. Oh, so today's episode is brought to you by It's <laughs> George's <right>. kidney fat. <laughs> oh, and yes, all of the delicacies. About, we're not talking about butchering on animals. the horizon. <laughs> today's episode is actually brought to you by American Blossom Linens. Every night Every single night since I have bought these sheets and put them on my bed, every night I get in, I say, oh, I love these sheets. I love going to bed. It's such a gift, it feels like, to yourself. It's such a luxurious experience to sleep on these sheets. So these are our modern vintage sheets. They really do feel like sheets you would get at an estate sale. They have that old-timey feel to them. And every time you wash them, they get softer and softer, but not like gross soft. Like, you know, like Jersey fabric, that's gross soft (laughs) to me. I don't want it to feel like that. They're like this crispy, soft linen, pure luxury for your bed. Mm -hmm. No dyes, no imported fabric, grown in America, sewn in America, all done right here. So they do this by using this incredible process of combing that pulls the cotton in a certain way, pulls out all the short fibers and impurities. And, you know, cotton, just like anything else, there's grades of cotton. There's Mm -hmm. really good cotton, really bad cotton. These are the good cotton. These are the cotton that you want. So I know it can be a little bit of an investment to purchase something this luxurious for your bedroom. I am telling you, you will have them for your entire life. And you get a 20% discount code from American Blossom Linens just for being a Homemaker Chic listener. So I want you to head on over to AmericanBlossomLinens.com. I have the natural sheets. They are wonderful, but they also come in white. Am I mi- There's another color I'm missing.
1: Um, I don't remember. Is There's there? quite a few things you can click.
0: <laughs> um, okay, we'll go check out. I have the natural okay. too because go check those out. I love the natural. Yeah, they just too. look nice and they look really nice with the white. I have like a white cover on my bed and it looks really nice. So go check them out. Americanblossomlinens.com and use the promo code homemakerchic20. Men, I want you to take note. This is also what your wife wants for Christmas. She wants these under the Christmas tree.
1: Okay? Yeah. And you know, come on. So like if we're going to talk to the guys for a second, you don't go buy a cheap drill. That's gonna break after a few uses. You go and you buy a really good tool. You make an investment into your man goods, right? And so that's what you're doing with these sheets. It's an investment. Your wife won't happen to be run into the department store every other year to buy a new set of sheets. Well, Shay, like I said, it's rainy. I am still in my milking clothes. We're home. We're cozy. We have a serious fall thunderstorm going on here. Right in the oven. Soup on for later today. So for all the fellow homebodies there in the trenches, check out 956 Studios. So you spell it N-I-N-E-5-6-studios.com. This is sustainable luxury loungewear. For homemakers, work-from-home mamas, and homebodies, this is homebody season. Like it's fall, we got all the all the cozy feels, chic, comfy styles that you need to look and feel your best. This company was started by a friend of ours who was a work-at-home mama. She was doing her job in her sweatpants and her t-shirt, probably braless. <laughs> Realized. This is not the most effective way to be. So she designed this beautiful clothing. I want you to check it out. This is organic, comfortable loungewear for mm-hmm. you. And you, as a listener, can use the coupon code CHIC20 for 20% off, which is very excited. This company, 956 Studio Luxury Loungewear, was created to help women find their work from home stride. There's free shipping and return shipping in the U.S., female-owned right here in Wisconsin.
0: Mm -hmm. And I will say, too, the mock turtlenecks that she has on there, so they're not like a full, Mm -hmm. like, choke-you-out turtleneck. Can you see this gigantic wool sweater that I'm wearing today? Yes, yes. Okay. Mock turtlenecks are perfect to wear underneath your gigantic wool winter sweaters as it gets colder. It's itchy. Because wool well, is a little itchy, you gotta wear you gotta wear a shirt underneath it. But regular shirts don't quite work, right? Because like and then you your neck still itches. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So check those out while you're there. Yes, that a crew one is my favorite. Mm, lovely. Well, um, it is Monday. Yes, it is. As we have said, and I have a glass of wine sitting in front of me that I haven't sipped yet. Cause I've been waiting to cue the wide music. Someday we'll video this. In the gym. I don't know know if they've seen the way I look right now, but then they can at least see us (laughs) dancing to our wine. We're gonna have to be much fancier if we ever take this podcast on video. (laughs) You mean like I'll be for lighting? It looks like I'm sitting in a dungeon. (laughs) Yes. Well, this, my friends, is the part of the podcast where we encourage you to pour a glass, be it water, sparkling water with a drop of grapefruit oil. That's my jam. Mm -hmm. Wine, tea, coffee, whatever it may be. Pour a glass, won't you? And belly up to the bar with us as we prepare to have a fabulous conversation on being in the trenches. This part of the podcast is sponsored by Dry Farm Wines, which is our chosen online wine supplier and should be yours, too. Because Dry Farms does so much work for you. They go out into the entire world. World. And they find all the old-fashioned, no-garbage, naturally-yeasted, low-sugar, biodynamic organic wines from dry farms. See what they did with the name there? <laughs> that means non-irrigated farms. <laughs> What that means for the producer is that they're doing these in super small batches and really taking a risk because you're not using any commercial yeasts, you're not pasteurizing the juice. What you're ending up with is this living wine, truly an alive wine that has all the living components right from the field to your glass. And it tastes like it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It tastes a lot. So these are, a, it's a super clean way for you to be able to enjoy wine. A lot of people think wine makes them feel bad. That's not true. But GMO yeast does and purple dye does. And all and that extra sugar. All the extra sugar does that they add to get it up to 14%. I know we've said this before, but look at the back of your wine bottle. And if it's 14%, you know that they've added sugar to that wine. Okay, and then they've had to add yeast because it's kind of this dog chasing the tail thing. Right. The wine I am oh wait you have to ask me oh go. I'm sorry miss a proper Elliot what are you <laughs> sipping? Let me tell you what I am sipping to tap into life today. I don't care if it's Monday. I'm going to make homemade pasta tonight because it's my love language, and for that I need red wine. So I am sipping a red today, this afternoon, as I prepare to make pasta. That <laughs> sounds kind of bad. <laughs> Show it's me. very, very small glass. Um, I can pronounce this one. Alrighty. It's an Austrian red and it's called Beck Inc.
1: Oh, I had that one a few weeks ago.
0: Yes. It's good. The little squirty octopus. Yes. I love that. Um, Have you opened it yet? Have you ever had one? I haven't tasted it yet, though. You're gonna like it. Yeah. Okay. I had the most incredible red from Dry Farms. I cannot remember what it was called, and it was the front of it was like two guys looking at their back, and they had hoodies on. It was like Mm. a pen and ink drawing of two guys' backs with hoodies on, and it was the I think probably the boldest dry farm wines red that I've had. So, if you guys haven't tried dry farm wines before, their reds are a little bit less, I mean, punchy. Punchy is not the right word. I really struggle with that. Just- well, okay, first of all, if you haven't tried them, you need to go to dryfarmwines.com
1: forward slash homemaker cheek. Okay? Yes. Do that. That's what you need to do first. And yep. the red. What happens from, I guess we're going to call it convention, drinking conventional wine is you get Mm -hmm. really used, especially I think the American conventional wines, really used to a heavy syrupy, you don't realize that it's syrupy until you try a dry red.
0: Yes. Uh, have you noticed we, now? We sort of make original- this mental
1: connection, like that it's, oh, if it's like dark and purple and syrupy, that's a really good one. And so theirs are often a little bit more reddish, more garnet in color, not mm-hmm. as purple, but that's because they don't have the purple dye in them. Yeah. So while you do get used to the the sort of different reds that Dry Farm brings you, then every mm-hmm. once in a while you get a
0: really bold red,
1: like mm-hmm. the one you're referencing. And it's like, mm-hmm. yay, but it doesn't have yeah.
0: all the garbage. Yeah. right none of the garbage it was spectacular and i will but stew through the bottle away this point, and i'm like rifling through the trash trying to find this bottle because i'm like i have to tell angela about this one i is it just it was just a,
1: a line drawing right like yeah it was just i have drawing. yeah i feel like i oh. need to take
0: like steam the labels off and keep like keep wine notes, i know you know and i need to keep wine notes mm-hmm. exactly it was really fabulous anyway um this one is delicious. This one tastes very alive to me. Um, super like red. F- Here I go. Sounding so sophisticated. <laughs> you, right? super you need a thesaurus. Fruity. We need a wine to need thesaurus. A thesaurus. <laughs> Use a different word, you idiot. Um, <laughs> I really dislike red wines that have that super dried fruit, figgy, marmalady kind of taste. I don't like that. This one's the opposite of that. So it's very good. Beck Inc. And um, if I remember what I've read about this wine, this is made by a winemaker called Judith Beck, which mm-hmm. does not sound like an Austrian name, doesn't it? Anyway, she grows all kinds of traditional varieties in Austria. And this is one. So I actually don't, I don't know what variety this is. Osterreich? Does that sound like a wine? I don't know. Does it say the grape on the back? Well, no, it just says Judith Beck 2019, Beck Inc, Product of Austria, Austeric. That's literally all it says. So the mystery remains quite fabulous. Just look for the octopus in the ink on the wine label. Try can get users.
1: Three bottles a month, friends, six bottles a month, twelve. You can do red white red and white you can do a bubbly and it's a subscription but you can just you change it whenever you want according to your menu plans for the month or how much company you're having so we have the holidays coming and it's time to stock up for sure so check it out Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic you will love it And to all our Trim Healthy Mama, keto, paleo, sugar-conscious friends, and for those of us that are trying to make really always good decisions in our kitchen, this is the wine that's going to complement your food convictions so you can feel Mm -hmm. really good about drinking it.
0: Mm -hmm. And -hmm. then you'll become a wine snob like me and not want to drink any other wine in the whole wide world. (laughs) Just prepare yourself for that.
1: <laughs> you know, we talked about starting a wine journal just now. I, I tell you what, I have so many places where I log creativity or thoughts or things I want, like my garden journal, you know, design, mm-hmm. design thoughts. I feel like I just need to mush them all into one. Mm-hmm. Because just like sit down and be able to reference all the good things, all the mm-hmm. good thoughts that come through, all the creative bursts or, oh, this is the week that my tulips actually grow, you know. Right. I find myself actually my biggest source is I have this huge garden journal and I find myself (laughs) adding other things to it because it's such a point of reference for me. And the garden Mm -hmm. is so much my timeline of the year. Yep. Yeah. Let's
0: just start pasting wine labels. You should. I've Mm -hmm. got just sticky notes, all like little (laughs) scraps of paper all in every drawer in every book all over my house. It's terrible. I'm like you, I should have a nice creative notebook of like, this is my creative brain.
1: Yeah. This is big. It's big. sketching so <sighs> it. moleskin with the wrap, you know, it keeps the elastic. And wouldn't that be kind
0: goes? of cool to like keep a journal like that every day? Like, here's the wine I drank. Here's the wine label. Here's what I liked about it. We ate this today. P.S. The tulips are doing this. Yeah. You know, P.S. We're going to eat this for dinner or whatever.
1: Yeah. And it's all in one place.
0: Yeah. Just day by day. That must be the idea. topic.
1: I have another frog in I my This is like last week's episode.
0: We, we get nervous maybe. Button. Does your body create phlegm when you're nervous? <laughs> Wait, sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I put my deodorant on before we did this. Isn't that silly? We're both just sitting in our house talking into microphones and you get nervous. Yeah. Well, We're better now than we used
1: to be. Sweaty work down in the trenches, to be sure. <laughs> Yeah, it is. So if you work. didn't listen to uh Thursday's episode, you mm-hmm. should do that. Because that's mm-hmm. where we really started to scrape away it. I mean, how we've survived. We went all the way back to the newborn phase, which neither of us has been in for a good four, four years. Four, four and a half years. Yep. But between the two of us we've done it ten times. So mm-hmm. We've done
0: been in those trenches. hmm yes, It's a lot of newborn. I got to hold my friend's newborn at church on Sunday. Mm. And he was so sweet, and I was just rubbing his back. He's like three months old, I think. No. I'm just loving him, but I... And I loved it. I loved every second, and then I handed him back, and I also loved that. <laughs> it's funny uh, how you get to that point, because I... There's been years
1: of my life where I was not at that point. Yes. I was just like, when's the next one? Or yeah. not even so much. Sometimes for half the time, it was okay. When is the next one? And then for
0: the other half, it was like, oh, my mm-hmm. T- mm-hmm. we're done here? Mm-hmm. Which actually, let's talk about that for a second. Because both of our last children were surprises. My last so children we We should tell this story. Maybe we have. I don't know. But That's for okay. counting. Just probably, for humor's sake. Okay. Yep. So I weaned Will, my third, and put on my jeans and buttoned them up and bought myself a new blouse and a new lipstick. And I'm like, here we go, world. Like, Let's this. do this. <laughs> Three days later, I found out I was pregnant. And it was just complete intuition. Like, feeling that sparkle in your belly mm-hmm. and I was just like I wasn't even close to missing my period yet and I mean sinfully maybe my first thought was no <laughs> no I can't be I can't be and um I called Angela and I said can you have a false positive positive?" and she just said no <laughs> are you sure are you, I feel like i I feel like maybe I've heard that rumor no and I cried and was you know it was tough it was tough to go back to the baby stage, but I remember after Juliet and after weaning her and after some time, I asked you like how do you know when you're done like how do you know when you're we're not gonna have any more kid kind of a situation going on mm-hmm. you know and Stu and I were pretty sure after three, like we were done. And then after four, we were like, okay, yeah, also done now. Um, And it's not that we don't love our children. It's not that we don't see them as a blessing. It was just what's right for our family. Um, And so this is actually a question we've got. So prepare yourself for TMI, ladies. Okay. This is your three, two, one warning. Um, We had Stu schedule a vasectomy after we had weaned Juliet. And I called you super upset. And I was like, I don't know. How do you make this decision? Like, how do you just say when you're in the trenches for so long, how do you say we're not going to keep doing that? Mm -hmm. Like that phase of our life is over. What did I say? You encouraged me and you said you're never like you're never going to be sure about it. Like you don't don't you don't have to feel. Absolute. Yeah. You don't have to feel absolute because it is this taking away of something that you've been doing for the last 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a big final step and it's certainly not right for everybody. Right. At all. Um, I think people have so much freedom in this to do as they see fit. For us, this was the right decision. Um, But it was really comforting to me that you said, you know, just, you know, Don't, you don't have to feel a hundred percent about it because I don't think you ever will, you know, I don't think you ever will. I think there's always a piece as a mother where you're pining for your children. I think it's just hormonal. Mm -hmm. Like you want to smell a baby's head, you know, there's something chemical going on there. But, uh, if Lord will, I mean, has blessed me with an extremely fertile body. (laughs)
1: I think about we had to safeguard that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, -hmm. Uh, yeah, my last two, I mean, were not planned. Mm -hmm. They were quite shockers. And so the irony is that, well, Shay was upset and I was laughing and supporting her with Mm -hmm. her fourth child. Then literally nine weeks later, Mm -hmm. I called her Hysterical. (laughs) Make no bones about it. I was hysterical, Mm -hmm. and not. um, I've always, I just always feel like I say this, but not at the thought of another person. At the thought of just what I go through when I'm pregnant, like how in the world can I parent five with my face in a toilet for another ten months? So, right. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just how I did it. I tell you what, I have PTSD. I do. Mm -hmm. I get the flu. I have PTSD. Like, if I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm getting sick, it makes, it just takes me right back to it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. So I'm, I haven't held a newborn in a long time.
0: Yeah. It's
1: fun. Probably a year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I rocked one to sleep in the church nursery about six months ago. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Their little warm
0: butt all curled up and that smell. Yeah. Fuzzy little head. Oh, my I love goodness. when they're so fresh that their legs don't go straight. yet. Mm-hmm. they're just going, you know, so they're just they constantly just, like in a little egg, just right? in a little egg position. It's just yes. so darling. Um, I want to touch on something really fast too before we get too far away from it. Um, hmm. people have asked us what we did for birth control, and I'm going to share what I did uh, before well. <laughs> the- or as I'm having all my children and whatever. Um, so we did natural family planning. And there's a great joke. Like, you know what they call people who do natural family planning. Um, like I'm I always uh joke with people that we didn't fail, our our method didn't fail us, we failed our method. So which is and life it, basically. It was a really great time for me, truly. Like we mm. were newlyweds and I didn't understand ovulation and hormones and like I didn't understand how my body worked at all. <laughs> which is right. funny to think about now. So it was a great time. I did a ton of research. It was a great time for me to tap and like, okay, we're taking our temperature and oh, okay. I ovulate 14 days after. And okay. You know, just tracking what, what is my body doing now? And oh, when I Mm -hmm. ovulate TMI again, there's this mucus or versus this time of month where there's this mucus and here's when I should expect to feel excitable, shall we say? (laughs) versus right. this time of month where I'm probably going to feel not so much that way. Uh-huh. And, um, and it was awesome. And I did it religiously. I took my temperature. I learned like, okay, this is my week where I'm ovulating. This is the week where we need to do something else. Um, and then there are a couple times where like, you know, we're just a young married couple and we don't really care. Right. <laughs>
1: right.
0: And that's how we had Georgia. Um, but for those of you who are looking for something, some way of not using a chemical birth control or a hormonal birth, birth control or any kind of like actual physical contraceptive, then natural family planning worked really well for us. And that's what we did between our kids as well. Again, Juliet, that would be us failing our method, which we talked a little bit about last episode.
1: We did the same thing. I mean, I um, used, I don't know if you had like a book where you, it's amazing. I have to just say, it is amazing how women don't know their bodies. Right? How, how in the bleep do we go into adulthood and not know our bodies? All we know I is know. that we get our period and we don't like it. Yeah. I'll be darned if that is the clothesline I hang my daughters out to dry on. I tell mm. you what. I it is amazing. When you get to know it, mm-hmm. everything starts to make sense from, mm-hmm. from anger to feeling frisky to <laughs> not wanting to wear your jeans to like mm-hmm. everything starts mm-hmm. to make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, I remember in my early 20s, I had friends um trying to get pregnant and they were you know, on Clomid and taking their temperatures and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so even uh, even then, I thought, well, that's just something people do um, if they're struggling with fertility. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So at some point, I don't remember. Um, at First, I was on the pill. And then, by the grace of God, was... Uh, introduced to how bad that is for your body Um, about just after being on it for about two years. And then I started Mm -hmm. preaching the anti-pill gospel to all my friends and I'm proud to say have many converts, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, I did use a book called take taking charge of your fertility. And this is a beast of a book. It's like two inches thick. And so this is going, I believe the book would be helpful to somebody um, not wanting to get pregnant, somebody struggling to get pregnant. I mean, this mm-hmm. has everything you need to know about what is going on. Mm-hmm. And same for us. I mean, any time I threw in the towel, <coughs> then, hey, I had a baby. <laughs> hey.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Excellent book. I'll put it in the show notes. It's a great book. And it's really worth understanding when you are dealing with littles and you're dealing with emotions and fatigue and stress, and it is so helpful to know we, I think we talked about this in a couple episodes ago, like, okay, here's where I'm at in my cycle. And that means I'm going to feel like conquering the world or retreating into my bedroom forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's really helpful, um, to not like schedule playdates on certain weeks or to, you know, not over obligate yourself, self or stretch yourself or whatever it may be. It might seem trivial, but it's actually really helpful to know. Here's where I'm going to be at mentally and emotionally for the most part this week. And you know what? I want to say something, too, because I think. <laughs> oh, she's got her hand up. I got, she's I got like, my hand up. Like,
1: I think <laughs> in our culture, we use the word hormonal in such a negative way. Yeah, it's something said derogatorily about women. We say it derogatorily about ourselves, and I think in learning about your hormone, like you don't like this is the whole part of your makeup. This is this covers all the things. It's not yeah. just that you're a whor- hormonal, raging premenstrual mess mm-hmm. for five days before your period. Like the hormones affect so much. And it doesn't always have to be viewed negatively. Just like right. Uh, just like sleep. Enough sleep. Not Poor right. sleep, good sleep, your food, your your hormones play a huge rate uh, rage. They play a huge <laughs> role, <laughs> and they don't they don't have to have a bad rap. They're not in and of themselves a negative right. thing. I think we always use that word hormonal like it's a bad thing, but when you come to understand them, um, mm-hmm. I'm even learning just a ton about like from my chiropractor, like what what's happening, what time of the month certain ones are surging and how that's mm-hmm. affecting even my body mechanics. And it's, it's amazing. Fascinating. It's fascinating. It's so, so fascinating. I think some, a lot of times as women, we're just like blundering around, like, why do I feel this way? What? Mm-hmm. Why am I carrying all of this? And we don't even understand our chemistry. It's true. Yeah.
0: And it, it's a real gift to yourself to understand that it's a gift to your family. When you can start adapting things in your home, To understand that. Yeah. And it's a gift to your spouse too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, um, I always tell Stu when, like he knows when I'm going to get ready to start my period. And it's an opportunity for him to maybe just sort of be a little bit more laid back than he would. You know, when I'm a little bit more high strung, and maybe he can then kind of counter that by being a little bit less high strung. And we're able to kind of work a little bit more together for those few days Mm -hmm. um which is really helpful to the dynamic of our home so okay that answers that let's get back into life with little ones now that that's taken care of well that covers a lot though i mean it does cover a lot it does cover a lot um one thing i did want to talk about life with littles. And I say this in retrospect, wishing I had been much better about it myself. Um, I want to encourage you young moms to, again, talking to myself here as well, let go of what you can do just because you can. Okay. So what I mean by that is I can cook a really baller meal if I want to. And there will be homemade puff pastry and tart shells and roasted this and flambé that and whatever. Um, there's also a place just for your crockpot, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And it's hard, I think, especially as women who want to achieve things or, or just ambitious women in general, it's hard for us to not do things to the best of our ability really hard. And when you have little children, especially if you're ever going to go out into society or invite people into your home, you got to be gracious to yourself. You have to be so gracious for yourself and know that you are not justified in any way by well, I think it's really important to say how you give birth because somebody told me that once and I started weeping. I was like, "Thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. for saying that. You're um and you're not justified by what you achieve in your home, especially when you have little children. Um it's not some dire reflection of what you can or can't do. You don't need to be a martyr about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a baby or you have three little ones under the age of 5. Um, there will be a place for tart shells. This might not be it mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with not how do else do you say that not being the best version of what you can do i guess how how do you do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I know we've talked about that before, right well, I think too that. I think that
1: being a mother of small children, it's, and I've used this analogy before. It's just like being, it can be like being in labor. I mean, when you're in labor, um, you have to surrender to what's happening. You know, speaking from someone, I I, I don't, yeah, I've only, I've had natural childbirth, so I don't know what it's like um, any other way. So there comes to a certain point where you have to just let it go and let it overtake you and and stop and just surrender to it mm-hmm. um and I think that's that something similar could be said for being the mother of small children and it's not a what white flag of surrender rot in your yoga pants until they're twelve mm-hmm. It's just an acknowledgement of a phase of life and if you fight that to the nail now you can there would be things I would want to say about. Fighting that about self-care, about staying organized, not taking on too much, you know. Yes. But if you <clears throat> but if you don't surrender to it, you're going to lead a path of relational destruction behind you. <laughs> okay. Yes. Whether yes. it's between you and your husband or you and children that are older, like, or, you know, dinner. You did just make that baller dinner and the puff pastry was good, but you're slamming dishes around in the sink because mm-hmm. you overdid it. It's mm-hmm. nine at night and you should be in bed or the baby's crying and you should be nursing the baby or uh, to what avail, you know, it yes. is okay to take a period of your life and to gracefully and with dignity and beauty say, I am in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Like I think we give survival mode, even a bad rap. Mm-hmm. It's Okay. Mm-hmm. That's because you're actually doing what you've been called to do. You gave birth to a human being and now it's your responsibility to mother them and keep them alive. So you mm-hmm. are actually doing your job. Mm-hmm. If you're not making Chateaubriand for dinner, that's okay. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's okay to be in survival mode. And I don't not mean, only I don't is it not a mess. I yes. acknowledging that this is a period of life where things are going to be different. I remember going to my mom. Um, this is an, this is maybe more creatively speaking. And I was frustrated because I I had four small kids. I couldn't do the creative things I wanted to do. And she just said, there will be a time.
0: Mm-hmm. All of
1: a sudden, a window will start to open up and you'll feel the a little bit of pressure come off. Someone will be able to help the other one brush their teeth. Someone will learn how to put their pajama bottoms on by themselves. Little windows will start to open up. It will happen.
0: Mm-hmm. It will. I had a thought about that, but then I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good thought. Um, You nodded when I said hot mess, like you started nodding. Um, I'll I'll speak to that and then remind me to come back around to something else. (laughs) The hot mess thing. It's not good. (laughs) It's not good for you. It's not good for your kids. Mm-hmm. It's okay for them to see you cook, you know, box mac and cheese if you need to. So what? Okay? Mm-hmm. Um but if they just see you spiraling, that's not that's not good for them. That doesn't help the aroma of your home. So right. my encouragement to you would be, I know we said sleep when the baby sleeps or whatever, but like mm-hmm. sh- just shower. <laughs> I have that in my notes here. Shower. I don't care if you lose 10 minutes of sleep. I don't care. Get up. Get up and shower. Start your day. My mom told me this thing when I had little kids and it was so helpful for me. But I'm telling you, it was hard. Hmm. And she said, you know, when they get up because we did the sleeping schedule, Mm -hmm. get up 30 minutes before them. Shower. That doesn't mean you have to wash your hair every day. Just rinse your body off so you're not nappy. Mm hmm. Shave your armpits, (laughs) put on clothes, you know, that make you feel nice and get your shoes on and your apron on like dress from head to toe. And I'm telling you, her telling me to put my shoes and apron on made such a difference because then when the kids got up, I was like, I am prepared. Mm -hmm. I'm not already eight steps behind and trying to get ready while nursing the baby while getting breakfast on for the older kids. And that's hard, but you can do hard things, okay? okay? Which and is then the, yeah. And then one other note on mm-hmm. that. You know, it's okay like you said, it's okay to not to be in survival mode, but don't be in survival mode by yourself. Just because you're in survival mode, which basically means, you know, are we all here? Is everyone alive today? Has everyone had food? You know, Does everyone have a clean diaper? Um, don't, Don't just isolate yourself there. It's okay to bring people into your survival mode. It's okay to have your parents for dinner, even if your house isn't perfect. And even if you're just throwing something super simple together for dinner, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times I cooked a frozen whole chicken, like took it out of the freezer, put it on a roasting pan, drizzled it with olive oil and salt and just shoved it in the oven and was like, I'll see you in two and a half hours. Mhm. Completely frozen. And just here we are. Th- this is survival mode and then boil some boxed pasta and somebody's coming for dinner. And you know what? I was always left so enriched by the experience by that fellowship um that it all it all all the details and all the survival bits those all went away. Those all fade. But um we need people. We talked about that a little bit on the on the last episode. So survival mode is fine. That's fine. Simple mode is totally fine. But don't isolate yourself there too severely. Maybe
1: simple mode is a better expression than survival mode. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, just as far yeah, as a mindset simple. goes. Because there, there is a huge season where you're just like, literally, is everybody have food and a clean diaper? And that's your entire day. That's it.
1: Well, when yeah, it is. You can... You, if you're sleep training a baby, you can literally feel like okay. All I have done today was, mm-hmm. you know, you put the fresh diaper on, you hear him poop, you change yep. the diaper again, you try to get him to go back to sleep. If yeah. you, you can literally just go. Well, I wiped butts
0: mm-hmm. and tried to teach people to sleep today. Or God help and you if you're trying to discipline your older children at the same
1: time. Right. And, and try to keep the other two alive or something like that. Yes. And that's what I think, like, just, mm-hmm. just looking at, okay, look, what if the next 90 days looks like today? How am I going to do it? Mm-hmm. Here's how I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. I it, it's about, you know, t- keeping it simple. So maybe simple mode is the right the right mm-hmm. word. And I, I do think... um oh. I don't know quite how to articulate what I want to say, but there's there are fine lines. So if you do need to wave certain flags of surrender, choose them carefully. Like and yes, maintain your dignity. I I just want moms to to maintain their dignity, because like you said, shave your armpits like nothing. (gasps) Unless unless you you don't want to shave your armpits. Well, I wax mom. so wax (laughs) your armpits. Um, But, you know, like there's a fine line between. Rotting in the same pair of yoga pants for three days mm-hmm. and looking at a busy week and going, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, everyone gets to wear their sleepers all day long. Mm-hmm. Not mom, but mm-hmm. kids, I'm just, just go ahead. Just here's a clean sleeper. You mm-hmm. can wear it 24 7. I've done mm-hmm. that. I mean, my, I, like, I, I think I've said, you know, at that, when my kids were all really small, like Joel was working until 1 in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. There were times when I just said, okay, here's the clean pajamas. You're going to, we're not going anywhere for the next three days. This is what I can do. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, like, and so yeah. looking at those little pockets, okay, I'm going to make I one, one time I made 13 frozen lasagnas, 13 <laughs> oh lasagnas. I lined them up on my kitchen counter. I didn't really want to use aluminum, but that's what I needed to do. I was going to have a baby like in two months and I was making all this extra food. I lined them all up. Okay, this mm-hmm. is what I can do. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal, mm-hmm. but it's healthy. I have this little pocket of time to get it done, and I'm going to let it go. I mean, just I think just kind of choosing your battles, right? And shaving or, or, your armpits.
0: I mean, like keeping you know it saying like yeah, keeping it in pockets too. So like it's like what you're saying, um, right? Pockets. So we've talked about like screen time. We've talked a lot about that on the podcast because. Because it's something that's really prevalent in our culture. And I think here's a good Mm -hmm. example of that. I, without shame and any guilt whatsoever, put a nature show on for my kids every day at four o'clock, unless they're outside, super distracted doing something, which happens quite often. But if we're just hanging inside and it's Mm -hmm. four o'clock, a nature documentary goes on. God bless all the nature documentaries. (laughs) And they come down and they watch and I get to go have a hot minute by myself in the kitchen preparing myself to cook dinner. I pull meat out, I chop veg, I put music on, whatever it may be. And they filter up because they get kind of bored with it. And you know, we're cooking and we're talking or whatever. But I was thinking back and I did this with Georgia when she was a baby. So at four o'clock when Stu was working, I would put her in her little high chair and she would watch Tangled. She loved Tangled. And, okay, here's some snacks. You're going to watch Tangled. I'm going to bless the house. I'm going to sweep through before daddy comes home so that he doesn't come home to a complete wreck. I'm going to get some supper going. Mm-hmm. That is a pocket of ease. It's ease. That's the cheap way out. It just is. Um, And there's a place mm-hmm. for it. But like what you're saying, it's okay to cut corners. It's okay to do something like that. But like sticking your kid in front of the screen for 20 hours <laughs> in a row right just because you're having a right. tough day right that's probably not the right the type of corner you want to cut because then you end up reaping what you sow at the end of the day right. with a rotten attitude so it's, it's cutting the yeah. right corners knowing the depth within your own situation within your own family that mm-hmm. work for you like where can we alleviate some of the pressure without sabotaging our efforts
1: yeah to- What is going to, what's going to be the payoff? What's going to be the consequence? Mm -hmm. And, and Mm -hmm. if I need to cut whatever corner, how long am I willing to do it to still, you know, you want to feel, we all have convictions about our homemaking. So staying in that place of that, I am running my home and parenting the way I want to, you know, how can I still stay in that space?
0: Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The TV at that time tends to work really well for us. I incorporate kids cooking breakfast and lunch. I want time in the kitchen by myself. It's a place that I really enjoy right. being, and um, and I love that there's an end. So when I say, "Okay, kids, time to come up," it's not a big issue. There's no big argument. Like, can't we just do the, finish this? Because they're coming up for dinner. Because yeah, it's mealtime. they're coming up for meal time yes. for fellowship. We all get on the same and then we get to enjoy our night together before bed. So that's worked well for us in our family. But um, it might, it, you know, it's going to look different, obviously, in everybody's different situation. Um, what else is on your list? Did you have anything else? Um, no, I have a No, not really. Okay. I have okay. And, you know, I talked about keeping your dignity and just taking care keeping of yourself. Yes. But yes. then it, you know, let's, still,
1: talk, like, let's, out.
0: let's talk about something we kind of touched on earlier, which I think it's worth saying. So let, if you guys have little ears listening, maybe turn the volume down just a little bit. I think it's really important as we take care of ourselves. Part of that looks like taking care of our relationship with our spouse mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. And that is hard <laughs> when you have little kids. Mm-hmm. That's very hard. And it's really easy when you're in mom mode and nursing mode and up a bunch of times in the night where you're like, I don't really want anyone else to touch the bits. <laughs> like, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> it's really right. easy. And it can be very hard for us to be empathetic with our husbands to remember like, hey, they didn't carry the baby, they didn't give birth, they're not nursing and they are still enjoying Mm. their man body (laughs) like normal and that doesn't mean um, I'm trying to be right in my wording here, (laughs) that doesn't mean that you just need to like you know, that's not going to be appropriate how am I going to say this (laughs) i'll 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 just step say, in step in come you up know with what your I'm just words say. here <laughs>
1: um we we had an arrangement like i i got to be left alone for a while
0: yes which is appropriate you know, for because the, obviously there's the appropriate yeah. time
1: after you've given birth anyways but then yeah there i had a, f- a few months of grace built yeah. into that yeah and that again we talked about um Being in agreement on the Mm -hmm. last episode, Mm -hmm. we're going to do things. And that was it.
0: Yeah. See, that's interesting because I felt the opposite. Like, as soon as the baby was out and like all the fluids after a bit of time, Mm -hmm. I was just like, finally, like we can be this again. We get to enjoy this again. Yeah. You know?
1: I did too. But, but on the, but there was like the understanding that some days could be really bad.
0: Yeah. And yep like, that's fair yeah talk about it talk, about it. talk about it because they don't know they don't know what you're feeling i didn't know until i had a baby that you bleed for like four weeks after i didn't even know that i didn't know ladies you do right. if you haven't had children yet prepare yourself we had a really traumatic birth with owen which i shared about on one episode i don't i think it was the last one about him ripping out the septum and i had to get a bunch of internal stitches. And it was rough. Okay, it was rough. Yeah, and I had not had a vaginal birth before because Georgia was a C section. So I messaged my friend Casey, who had just had a baby, and I was like, "Is this what sex is supposed to feel like after you have a baby? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know." And she was like, "I don't think so. Like ours wasn't that bad, you know." Right. But when you don't have context for things, you just don't know. Um, and it took like effort and work because of the internal damage to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. It took effort, you know, and it's the type of thing where if we just would have been like, eh, we'll do it when it feels good, when mm-hmm. we feel like it probably wouldn't have happened. But you have to yeah. communicate those things. I had to communicate that with Stu, like, this is good. This is not good. Here's how I'm feeling because he, mm-hmm. he doesn't know what's going on in my body. I have to explain that. Right. So I think exactly like what you said. Be in agreement. Be in agreement, and then I. This is why I think taking care of yourself is important.
1: Because if if you're skunky and nasty and rotten yoga pants with dirty hair, like you're you're not gonna feel it. Mm -mm. It's just like normal. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to touch me. Don't touch Mm -hmm.
0: me. You know, like Mm -hmm. you know. So it was about my fourth baby when I bought myself actually some really nice lingerie is not the right word it sounds too sexy it was just like a nice silk nursing nighty kind of a thing but um every time I wore it I felt so nice even though I was nursing you know and I know it's hard when you've got like the leaky boobs and I like it's just I know hey, Shay
1: I always bought myself beautiful pajamas to wear for after the baby was born I know, and that's what I would sit around the evenings in. That's what I would wear when people came to visit me. Those first three months, I wore them like crazy, and it makes just such so a I difference. Could, like it makes such a difference. Makes such a difference. You encouraged always, me to do I, that with Julian. I, I would mm-hmm. always go to Target
0: and yeah, pick them out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I loved it. I felt I felt nice, and I wanted to be clean when I wore them, and you know, just you're like you said. That puts you in the right posture for that mm-hmm. to even be part of the equation.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and again, this is where get to know your body, like start to understand your hormones, because there's a lot happening those first couple months mm-hmm. after the baby, and and maybe this is something you can talk with your spouse about too, because yeah, if you don't feel like it those first few months, is probably really good reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a hormonal
0: response, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and two, um, not to go too much into the weeds there, but there are ways that they can, your spouse can, you know, touch you and show you affection that will help that, you know? So like I always got super sore backs from nursing, especially with my first two, before I started to go to a chiropractor And it was, it was service for Stuart to, you know, he would massage my back with oils and the oils, obviously just the aroma of them was really beneficial. They're working all kinds of things inside my body, which was beneficial. They helped the aroma of our home. They gave him something to do to help. So he didn't just feel worthless, you know, while I'm doing all this work with the, the, you know, newborns. And, um, Those opportunities of physical touch for him and service for him sort of helps to, you know, wet the palate for the other part of the relationship as well. So you're not just strangers when you get into bed at night who haven't interacted with each other at all. Mm -hmm. The other big thing I had on my list that I want to touch on real fast is just routine. And this is hard when you're, especially when you're just a stay at home mom, just, I'm using in quotes here. My point is when you're (coughs) home all day with infants, they're not really (coughs) going to school necessarily, right? They're not, there's not a lot going on. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of eating and snacks and nursing and diaper changing. Um, Routine is really helpful to make you not feel like you're going to go insane. So maybe it's, we have breakfast at seven and then after breakfast, there's. A little bit of outside time. And then after that, we're going to come in. and We're all going to sit around the table and listen to an audiobook. And then we're going to have lunch and whatever it is. I don't care. Wh- whatever works for your family. But have something that gives structure to your days. Yes. Or and you will go with insane. <laughs> I've said this before on the show too, but not schedule.
1: No. Because that... Sets you up for feeling like a failure. Someone has a bad nap, someone gets a runny nose, someone starts teething, and then your little neurotic schedule is Mm -hmm. off as far as, Mm -hmm. but routine. It's really good for the kids, Mm -hmm. children thrive in that structure, it's really good for you. But I like, I do just prefer the word routine over schedule so much because there's so much more grace and real real life-edness
0: built into the word routine. Yes,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One thing that we'll leave you with, one other little tip. This was the last thing on my list, actually, and which is good timing because we're almost out of time. Um, when we were, you know, in really, really the depths of it, we were very f- f- poor. <laughs> we just didn't have money. And I remember Stu encouraging me to go buy myself one piece of clothing a month and at this point in our life it was target i mean let's be honest it was target clothing mm-hmm. target prices now i would go to poshmark mm-hmm. and try to find something better but at that time that's what it was and it was amazing just the small little things that you can do to help so like we had a we had a budget you know it was like i it can't be anything over 30 dollars that's how much i had to spend on clothes that was our entire clothes budget and so sometimes it was a piece of clothing for me Sometimes it was a piece of clothing for Stuart. You know, most of our kids stuff, we just got super secondhand or hand-me-downs or, you know, somebody at church giving you a bit of clothes, whatever, Mm -hmm. which I was super happy with. But those small little things as a young mom can be really helpful to make you not feel like you're just completely slipping. And it's amazing how you can ride the high of, you know, a nice new jacket. You can ride on that for quite a while and it'll be enough to be, you know, every time you go out to the park, okay, great. You get to wear your new jacket and you feel good. And it's just that little bit of encouragement to go about. So whether it's, you know, clothing or maybe it's skincare stuff, or maybe it's just, that's your budget for house nice stuff, manicure you know, or a nice manicure, yeah. whatever it may be for you. Try to do that. Try to put the effort in to do that. It'll be that little tender reminder through the throes of it that you are a human and that you are, you have independent thoughts and you have, you know, adult capabilities and like Mm -hmm. you, you will make it through. You will make it through. (sighs) Well, I suppose that means we should need to go parent ours, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I I just, this is what happened the last minute. I just, like, just so flooded with memories. Mm -hmm. So, our takeaways are don't do too much, but don't do too little so that you feel like a dormant. Yes. That you've sacrificed your femininity, your your identity, yes. Yourself. Because we talked about this on the part one about inviting the children into your world Mm -hmm. and not vice versa. Save some time for sex because you deserve to feel good. Yes. Shave your armpits. <laughs> yes. Get that crockpot out for when you need to. Yes. Windows of time will open up where you will be able to be more creative. You will be able to spend more time doing your hair. Mm-hmm. They. It will happen. Mm-hmm. Give yourself grace. Maintain your dignity. Anything else? Keep a schedule. Well, keep a schedule. Routine. Get routine. I'm routine. sorry. Not a
0: schedule. I'm fired. I'm (laughs) terrible at this job. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, do all those things, ladies. And of course, head on over to Instagram. Follow us at Homemaker Chic Podcast. Join us for Ultra Ultra Feminine Friday, coming up this Friday. But today, even as we post um, this episode, let us know. Let us know what resonates with you. Let us know what helped you because this is a community effort. And so other people would love to hear what worked for you as well. Um, What else am I missing? Is that it?
1: Uh, They should. If they are not a patron yet, head over to patreon.com because on Friday, we have our season finale fangirl hangout. 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 Okay. So that's Friday at three o'clock central. And it's so with Patreon, you can support the podcast For um, $5 a month. You can support it for $10 a month. Yes. That's our fangirl level. So fangirls get to hang out with Shay Mm -hmm. and I on a video call. Our season finale is Thursday. And then we're going to celebrate Ultra Feminine Friday and the wrap up to season three. This theme of we can do the hard things. We're going to wrap it up with fangirl party at 3 (laughs) o'clock central. So head over to patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. Yes. and Join us there. Yes. The Do link that. will be there. If it's not there right now, it will be there by tomorrow morning. And okay. you can uh, join us for that hangout. It's going to be a riot. We'll be sipping dry farm, hooting and hollering, laughing. It's going to be super fun. That will be fun. And we're going to take, uh, after this Thursday, we're going to take a couple week break and then mm-hmm. come in roaring with some hospitality, holiday decking of the halls and
0: yeah, I just all the entertainment fields my uh, my Thanksgiving menu for my cooking community and oh yeah oh it got me like I went to Stu and I was like I think we should host Thanksgiving and he's like are you serious because I've been saying no 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 I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it so maybe I will it'll be good fodder for the podcast I was kind of hoping you were
1: coming here for Thanksgiving but
0: oh. Uh, you can host. (laughs) Okay. Yay. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks for joining us, ladies. We'll see you guys Thursday for the season finale. Cheers. Cheers.